At the time I was born again in 1975, I owned a small business in Dallas, Texas, a business in American Indian arts. After I was born again, I had a very strong impression that I needed to get out of debt and also stay out of debt. During this time, a woman had come to me and wanted to put some money into my business. I let her do that. I owed her $6,000, which I had used to buy merchandise. As I can recall the situation, our agreement was she would loan me the $6,000 and then she got to buy it. She got to buy Indian jewelry at cost, at my cost. This was before I was born again. After I was born again, I saw that scripture that said, Be not unequally yoked to unbelievers. That's in 2 Corinthians 6. I felt like this woman was an unbeliever. She was a very nice person, but I just didn't feel she was a person who followed God. So I wanted to get free from my debt to Carolyn. And I felt God was showing me to get out of debt and stay out of debt. I had no idea that in the future I was going to be a minister. We have to remember that God knows the future. You might ask a husband or a wife what they think you ought to do. You might ask a neighbor. You might ask an adult-aged child. But it is God who knows the future. And he knows what you should do. Therefore, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth to all liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. That is a promise of God in the Bible in James chapter 1, verse 5. I took this very seriously, this promise of God, and I asked God to give me wisdom before I read the Bible, each time before I read the Bible. I asked God to give me wisdom when I went on trips to the reservations in New Mexico to purchase Indian art objects. I asked him to give me wisdom in every phase of my life, one step at a time. Every time I faced something, I asked God for wisdom. I made it a pattern of life to ask God for wisdom. I feel that is a fundamental key for each one of us as we go forward. If you have not been doing this, I strongly recommend that you keep this scripture before you day and night so it can give you the power to remember to do it. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who giveth to all liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. James 1.5 be not wise in your own eyes. That's in Proverbs. 
Be not wise in your own eyes. Don't just think you know what to do. There's a scripture also in Proverbs which says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. We're going to be going forward into very tricky times. There's going to be great deception ahead of us because we are nearing the coming of Jesus. And at the time before the coming of Jesus, we read in the Bible that deception reigns is very strong, that the devil is even wilder because he knows his time is short. We just cannot afford to go forth into the future carelessly. Therefore, don't just assume you know what to do. Pray, ask God for wisdom, because when you do that, he will give you wisdom and Whatever God tells you when you pray for wisdom, if that's going to be an anchor for your soul in the days ahead. Because after God tells you what to do, it is not unusual for the devil to tell, try to tell you not to do that. So the anchor for our souls in going forward is knowing that we have prayed about this matter and have asked God for wisdom, and we believe he has given us the wisdom on the matter. And that's our anchor as we go forward. But if we do not ask God for wisdom, then we do not have an anchor that will stand in the trials of this life. I only owed $6,000 total. That was my total debt. I had already been buying merchandise only by the amount of money, cash, that I had in my possession. So when I went to the reservations, if I had $1,500, that is the amount of merchandise that I purchased. I did not have a loan from a bank to buy merchandise. At one point in time, one of my radio listeners worked for Braniff Airlines. She was a vice president at Braniff and very, very smart. And she said to me, I've really never been around anyone like you before because everywhere I have been, we have been taught, use other people's money to make money. Never use your own money to make money. So go to a bank and borrow money and borrow large sums of money and buy merchandise, buy even more merchandise than you buy, and you won't have to go out to the reservations as much, and you'll make more money. But I will be in debt. So what happened was this. After this woman recommended that I do this, Braniff International filed for bankruptcy. And everybody was out of work with Braniff. They sold their planes because of the debt. You might gamble and went out temporarily. But if you go in the way of this world, buy now, pay later, you're going to 
pile upon yourself large burdens, and your very soul is at risk when you do that. Because of those burdens, money might lead you to take jobs that you should not take. And in those jobs, you might be so tempted to try to get ahead that you would destroy your own soul in order to outdo someone else that worked at that job. Therefore, the Apostle Paul says the following. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Start at verse 6. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich, they that seek out to get more money, to take a job to get more money, fall into temptations and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lust, which drowned men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. How is the love of money the root of all evil? If you are in debt and you need more money, it might lead you rather than You're being led by God, and you will fall into many foolish and hurtful lusts that way. The love of money is the root of all evil. While some coveted after that money, they erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So you've got to learn another way to live after you become a Christian. And you'll delight in it. You'll be free from this debt. You'll be free from these burdens if you can follow God. It starts with asking God, how can I get free from debt? That's exactly where I started in 1975, after I was persuaded to get out of debt. At that time, I owed $6,000 total. God had taught me before I go out to the reservations to buy merchandise to pray for wisdom. And I prayed that God would have the Indians make the merchandise. And when I got to the reservations, I would pray that God would help me to recognize which items to buy. On this one buying trip around 1976, I went into a store, a business in Santa Fe. I had done some business with this man, bought some merchandise from him from time to time. I went into this store. Now, we made our money on jewelry. I think I had maybe 1500 at that time to buy merchandise. Two of the women who worked for me went with me on that trip. And they knew we made our money from jewelry. But when I was in that store, my attention was attracted to a Navajo rug that was rolled up and sitting there at the side of the room. 
And one thing, one way I know God leads us is by interest, our interest. Do you have an interest in that form of work? Do you have an interest in that type of job? Or are you just taking that job for money? Interest is one of the primary ways God leads us. Well, I I asked the uh, owner of the shop, I said, could I please see that rug? He rolled it out. It was a Granada rug. It was a Navajo rug. And it was uh, bright reds, and I just thought it was spectacular. I asked him how much that rug would cost me, and he said, $500. Well, that only would leave me $1,000 to buy jewelry. But I just couldn't walk away from that rug. I would try to walk away, and then I would have to go back and look at it again. And finally I said, I'm going to buy that rug. Well, the women work for me. We don't sell rugs. We sell jewelry. That's where we make our money. I said, well, I just can't leave this rug. So I bought the rug. I took it down to Santa Fe, uh, yeah, to Albuquerque. I bought it in Santa Fe, took it down to Albuquerque. I went to a business in Old Town and asked to talk to a rug appraiser. Turned out she was one of the best rug appraisers that in the Indian world at that time. We became very close friends. She looked at the rug and she said, Well, Joan, you have really lucked out on this rug. She said, This is a good rug. Most of these old rugs are not worth anything. But this is a really good rug. So she said, It's worth about 1500 right now. I'd paid 500 She says, It's worth about 1500 right now. So when you go back to your shop... Price it at a price that it will not sell because it will go up in value. Now, I never overpriced anything. I protected my customers. It was a fair market price. But I did what Edna said. I got back to Dallas and a man came in and he immediately saw that rug rolled up over next to the wall. And he said, what is that? And I said, oh, that's a Navajo rug I just brought back. And he said, well, let me see it. And I said, oh, I don't think you'd like that. And he said, well, I'd like to see it. So I rolled it out on the floor. And he said, how much is it? And I said, $5,000. And he said, I'll take it. And he started writing out a check. I was horrified because I always protected my customers. I tried to talk him out of buying it. He wouldn't listen to me. And then I said to him, all right. I will take your check. You take the rug. I will not cash your check for one week. So if for any reason you don't want this rug, bring it back to me and I will give you your check back. He left my shop and I never saw him again. In one week's time, I deposited the money in the bank. I put another $1,000 with the $5,000 and paid my debt to Carolyn. And never again was I in debt to anyone, not even credit cards, not in buying a house. I've never been in debt since 1976. We have two promises of God 
which you need to look at very closely. One of them I've already spoken to you. James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. The other thing that you need to look at is this. John chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus says, When he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. That's exactly what happened to me with this rug. First, I had strong interest in it. Second, I had the cash to buy the rug. Third, I couldn't walk away from that rug. Fourth, I took it down to Albuquerque and found a rug appraiser and found out about the rug. And when I got back to Dallas, I did price it at a price where I didn't think anyone would buy it. But it was the very instrument used by God to get me out of debt. Now, I'm sure today that rug has increased in value. That was in 1976, approximately. So the man was not hurt by buying the rug. He could live with that rug a long time and enjoy it, and if he needed to sell it, I feel like he could could get his $5,000 back today. There are pieces of pottery that I bought in 1977, and by, at 1980, that same piece of pottery that I bought for $300 was worth 15000 That pottery price has escalated so much in the Indian arts field. And the rug, I felt, would I didn't feel like he would be in any way harmed. But it was God who guided me into all truth. And I just took one step at a time. First was the interest, and I did not turn away from my interest in the subject. And from there, there was something else to do. And then there was something else to do. It's guiding you into all truth. And he will show you things to come. It's not that we're fortune tellers and ask him to show us things to come. He does that by his own will. But any of us who live today, we should know. This episode with coronavirus shows us how fast something can happen all over the world to close down the businesses, to cause people to lose their jobs, not just a matter of killing them, but affecting them mentally, affecting their financial situation. And that debt is a terrible burden to have. It all starts, though, with asking God for wisdom on how I can get out of debt and also asking by faith, believing he will show you, and knowing when you hear from the Holy Spirit, do that thing. Because ideas will come to your mind after you pray. How do you know if the idea is from God? James 3.17 tells us how to recognize the wisdom that is from God. 
But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. James 3.17 Matthew 11 God's yoke is easy and his burden is light. So if the plan you're considering is extremely costly, and extremely complicated, it is doubtful that you have God's plan for your life. I have always found that the way of God is easy to be entreated. If it is complicated, if it burdens you financially and is complicated, there's another way to go. So just stop and pray again, asking God for wisdom. And then pay attention to the ideas that are brought to you. Some of them will be from God. Some of the ideas may be from your own flesh and some ideas may be from devils for the intent of stealing, killing, and destroying you. But this tells you how to recognize the wisdom is from God. James 3.17 and I would also look at Matthew 11 verse 30. I would keep those before me day and night if I were in a position of having debt and needed to get out of debt and am trying to hear what to do to get out of debt. If you're trying to hear from God, that's what you need to keep before you day and night so that if anything violated that characteristic, you could know you weren't going in the way of God. For example, if there's any hypocrisy in the plan, If there's any hypocrisy, any lack of truth, any trickiness, you don't have God's plan. When you have deliberately trickiness, you do not have God's plan. You have the plan of man. God is the God of truth. The wisdom that is from above is first pure. You may not even thought of something like that before. I've had many times when I was trying to decide something and another plan would come to my mind that I had never even considered. And I would consider it and I said, that's right, I could do that. And every time it's worked out well. So pure, then peaceable, gentle. God speaks to me in a gentle voice. It's just like an option. Oh, or you could do that. Gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. James 3.17 What I recommend to you, if you're in debt and you're trying to get out of debt, start with James Chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Please, God, give me wisdom on this. How do I do this? And believe that he will show you because it says in James 1, 5, and it shall be given him. If you ask God for wisdom, it shall be given him. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.